When your day job is gone, your responsibilities suddenly become your new boss. John Acuff, the author, held eight jobs in eight years from 1998 when he graduated from college until 2006. These weren't petty, part-time jobs. One summer he was a mailman, another, a carny. The jobs he quit were 40-hour-a-week, 401k offering, health insurance transferring, me and a plain-colored cubicle jobs. These were career jobs for most of his co-workers, and in a period of 12 years, he managed to quit six of the eight. Another he was fired from, and the other went out of business. John Acuff cultivated a high quality of quitting over those years. John used to think he was unique, that perhaps he had a problem with staying at one job for a long time. It turns out he is extremely common. A recent survey revealed that 84% of employees plan to look for a new job. Furthermore, the average tenure at a job is dramatically changing from generation to generation. You and many others will quit lots and lots of jobs. Why? We used to stay at jobs for decades. We got a gold watch for staying at a job for 30 years, and then we retired to some flat, sweaty part of Florida to eat dinner at 4.30 in the afternoon. But somewhere along the way that changed. At some point, we stopped being stayers and formed a long line of leavers. We started seeing motion as a sign of success and transition as a sign of progress. The golden watch has become the other end of the golden handcuffs. We now look at steady jobs as less of a goal and more of a necessary evil. They aren't fun, they simply fund our lives. They are cash cows we need but don't want. When your day job is gone, all the responsibilities that were quietly and almost magically covered when you had a steady job suddenly become your new and more demanding dons. The wonderland of freedom feels more like wanderlust. Now you have a new set of worries. Now you've created dozens of tiny leaks in your lifeboat. When your day job is gone, responsibilities become your new boss. When that day job is gone, the lines between downtime and work time are blurred. It's all just time. And it's all heavy laden and economically laced. Downtime is suddenly time you could be spending improving your resume or researching new prospects. When you quit your day job to chase your dream, you need the support of your partner. You need that person beside you every step of the way. That part of your life, the significant relationship quadrant as it were, needs to be rock solid and stable, and in such a good place, it's not clamoring about in crisis. Your dream job is loud and noisy and needs your focus, so your relationship needs to be in order to avoid the explosions. And even then, you won't avoid them all. Want to throw an easy relationship into chaos? Quit your day job. Asterisk a U.S. Department of Labor study revealed that the median tenure for the 55- to 64-year-old category is 10 years. For the 25- to 34-year-old category, the average tenure is only 3.1 years. Asterisk when you keep your day job, all opportunities become surplus propositions rather than deficit remedies. You only have to take the ones that suit your dream best. How you perceive risk will determine how successful you are at overcoming them. Every dream has risks associated with it. Some might have more than others, but each dream comes wrapped in some degree of risk. If it doesn't, it's not really a dream. Risk is a key component of all dream jobs. How you perceive them will largely determine how successful you are at overcoming them. In general, there are three different ways we look at the risks associated with a dream. Every dream has associated risk. The magnifying glass. Sometimes when we're afraid of a risk, we look at it through a magnifying glass. We stare intently at it, blowing the possible consequences way out of proportion. 
We stare so closely at the risk that it fills our entire field of vision. We lose all sight of the possible reward a dream offers. We allow the risk to dominate the dream and define the future. If we've failed in the past, we start magnifying that experience too. We do not say, I failed. We say, I am a failure. The kaleidoscope. Creativity is a wild mind with a disciplined eye. A highly creative person has the ability to feed his mind all these different topics and ideas, then see a connection between previously unconnected things in a way no one has ever seen before. That definition is what makes the kaleidoscope view of risk so difficult for creative people. With this perspective, you look at your risk as if you're peering through a kaleidoscope tube. When you take a kaleidoscope view of risk, the risk of your dream is no longer a risk that impacts one or two areas of your life, your career and your finances. It is now connected to every other aspect of your life. Instead of brightly colored jewels or mirrors that scramble the image you see, you add in parts of your life. The risk of your dream is no longer a risk that impacts one or two areas of your life, your career and your finances. It is now connected to every other aspect of your life. The telescope. Telescopes are designed for viewing things that are far away, and that's where most of our risks are too. They haven't happened yet, they're in the future, and they live in the land of what if? When you look at risk through a telescope, you're able to create a safe distance between your dream and your fears. You can see the risk in detail, but you acknowledge that a lot can happen in the space between you and that risk becoming a reality. You acknowledge it's there, you see it, but you're not allowing it to dominate your decisions. Do not equate financial foolishness with being committed to your dream. We decided to go for broke. We canceled Christmas for a couple of years and sold our kids' toys in a big garage sale. We then pawned my wife's wedding ring. Finally, we lost our house. That's how much the dream meant to me, tilde John Acuff. That's ridiculous. Mortgaging your future isn't a sign of faithfulness to a dream, it's a sign of foolishness. If you buy into the lie that in order to go for broke, you have to go broke, you'll turn your dream into a demon. The money will become a high-walled border around your dream if you don't control it. It will limit what you can do and when you can do it, like a barbed wire fence at a prison. If you can control it though, money can be a strong, stable place to jump from. Money is certainly a legitimate obstacle to your ability to pursue your dream job, but it doesn't have to be. Asterisk when you look at risk through a telescope, you acknowledge it's there, you see it, but you're not allowing it to dominate your decisions. It's just one possible outcome. And by seeing it a long way out, you can make plans to reduce your chances of arriving at that outcome. How to fall in like with a job you don't love. How long does it take for your dream to become a full-time job and sustain you? Longer than you want it to. There might not be an exact answer for you, but every dream takes longer than you want it to. Our time frame is always shorter and faster than what a dream has in mind. And if we rush it, if we don't give it time to incubate, we usually end up killing it before it even has a chance to breathe. Every dream takes longer than you want it to. John is not the only one who had a day job while chasing a dream job either. Turns out a guy named Leonardo da Vinci did too. In the book How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, author Michael J. Gelb talked about how da Vinci often had to serve as a party planner for the patrons who sponsored him. He wrote, It's amazing to imagine a genius of da Vinci's stature devoting his time to the design of pageants, balls, costumes, and other ephemerae, yet as Kenneth Clark points out, this was expected of Renaissance artists between Madonnas. Leonardo da Vinci, widely regarded as one of the greatest artists who ever lived, worked a day job while he pursued his passion. Chances are you will too, but that doesn't mean it has to be miserable.
The truth is, we need to learn to fall in like with a job we don't love because it's actually the best way to set up your dream for success. If you want your dream job to work, work on your day job. Remember why you work. Be honest. When is the last time you thought to yourself? 1. I'll be able to eat this week because I went to work. 2. I'll be able to sleep out of the rain this week because I worked. 3. I'll get to wear shoes today because I have a job. 4. If I break my pelvis, I will have the insurance to pay for it. 5. I will not have to canal my own roots because I work. 6. I'll be able to support a non-profit organization because I work. Those apply to everyone, not just parents or spouses. Take five minutes and write down all the reasons you really work. The better you know them, the easier it will be for you to fall in like with a job you don't love. Falling in like with a job is the best way to set up your dream for success. Look for parallels between your day job and dream job. Ask yourself the next three questions regarding your dream job. 1. Why? That's usually the best question to start with. Why don't you want to pursue a dream? 2. How much time can you give it? It only generates obscene amounts of hurt and frustration to pursue a 40-hour-a-week dream in a week that currently has 4 hours of available free time. It's useless to talk about finding the parallels between a full-time job and being a stay-at-home mom if you've only got a few hours in a week to dedicate to it. Instead, for now, scale down your discussion and make sure you're not comparing apples and oranges. 3. How can you start small? This is the golden age of freelance. In the 1950s, you couldn't go online, find a quick-hit freelance job, knock it out at home, and feel good about completing a new project while keeping your eye on the kids. Find ways to start small. Asterisk we do a tremendous disservice to our dream jobs when we talk about pursuing them to the detriment of our day jobs. If you're patient and deliberate, your day job can become a wonderful platform from which you can launch your dream job. Asterisk if you demonize your day job and rail against it, it becomes a prison you'll try to escape from. And prison breaks rarely go well for anyone. Three pretty easy ways to ruin your day job and your dream job during John Acuff's sojourn at autotrader.com, he made a lot of mistakes. In doing so, he discovered three easy ways to ruin your day job and your dream job. Point one, steal from work when you act on your dream during work time, that's stealing from your employer. Look for the parallels between your day job and your dream job, find a way to see how your dream's purpose can improve your job performance, but don't spend time doing something for which you are not being paid. Your employer didn't hire you to pursue your dream at work time. They hired you to fulfill a job description, and you accepted it. You have a duty to complete that commitment. When you do your dream on work time, that's stealing from work. 2. Think of your job as your adversary, not your advocate. Adversary thinking first takes seed when you have to work a job that might not be perfectly lined up with your dream. Wage war against this poisonous thought. Do everything in your power to protect the way you look at your boss and your company. To the best of your abilities and reality, see them as patrons, advocates, and supporters, not enemies. It will make your time there easier and give you a much better shot at success when you close the gap between your day job and your dream job. Don't demand that your job meet the needs of your dream. That's not what your job is for. 3. Demand that your job meets the needs of your dream. Nothing kills a day job and a dream job faster than feeling like you're entitled to both. When John's blog got big, he tried to help autotrader.com with social media. But that wasn't his position. He wasn't in marketing. He wasn't in product development. He was in IT, so despite his best attempts to contribute ideas about blogging, they really didn't need him to. At first, this killed him. 
On the outside of the building, he was speaking around the country on social media and growing one of the largest Christian blogs on the planet. But on the inside of the company, he wasn't doing anything remotely related to blogging, once in a meeting where an expensive outside expert was brought in to teach the staff all about blogging. He made a point in the middle of the meeting, and the expert tore him apart, saying something like, you're wrong about blogging. You don't know about blogging or social media. You should learn about it. Your job has no obligation to meet all your dreams. This shows that instead of John looking for parallels between his day job and his dream job, he started to demand them. He started to feel entitled to them, as though he deserved them. He didn't, though. His job had no obligation to meet all his dreams. They'd been clear about that all along. They hadn't changed. Only his attitude had, hopefully, there are countless overlaps between your day job and your dream job. Hopefully, it's incredibly easy to see the parallels and find a purpose there, but sometimes it won't be. And when it's not, don't demand that your job meets the needs of your dream. That's not what your job is for, asterisk look for the parallels between your day job and your dream job. Find a way to see how your dream's purpose can improve your job performance. Don't spend time doing something for which you are not being paid. Asterisk the first lie we tell ourselves is that we'll just work longer hours and make it up to them. But when you do that, work rarely wins. If someone is going to get cheated, it's usually not your dream. If you're going to chase your dream, you need to be careful of success. As an NFL player, one of your goals each year would be to stay out of news stories that involved you and the phrase outside a nightclub, forget the injuries you receive out on the field, battling against 300-pound giants. The most dangerous place on the planet for a professional athlete is outside a nightclub. For every other person without a lucrative contract with an NFL team, the space outside a nightclub isn't that deadly. But if you're going to chase your dream, there is another space you need to be careful of. Success. More dreamers fail in success than they do in failure. There are two primary reasons. The first is that we tend to only view success as a good thing. We plan a million ways not to fail. We erect processes against failure and establish backup plans if things go wrong. We don't spend nearly as much time, if any at all, safeguarding ourselves from success. We strive for success. We reach for it. We yearn for it. We aim for it with everything we've got. And when we get a taste of it, we're often woefully unprepared for the challenges that come. The other reason success is so dangerous is that we get arrogant. No one gets cocky when they fail. No one ever says, that guy failed so badly that he got really full of himself and ended up alienating everyone in his life. Arrogance only runs with success. And it's dangerous. No one gets cocky when they fail. Arrogance only runs with success. And it's dangerous. Incompetence irritates me, but overconfidence scares me. Incompetent people rarely have opportunities to make mistakes that greatly affect things. But overconfident leaders and experts have the dangerous ability to create disaster, tilde Malcolm Gladwell. He was specifically referring to the business leaders who contributed to the housing market and credit collapse of 2008-2009 but he spoke a truth that applies to even the smallest dream. When you're dreaming alone in a cubicle at work, you have very little ability to really impact things. But when you start working on your dream, overcoming risks and hustling, you'll start to gather some momentum. You might not run a company of 10,000 people but, as a mom or dad, your dream decisions will greatly impact the lives of your children. As a single adult, your actions can have a surprising impact on the friends and family members who are cheering you on. 
And with the internet and social media, your ability to, as Gladwell explains, create disaster, is only amplified. It only takes a handful of followers on Twitter or Facebook to get cocky. It only takes a few blog comments or purchases of your widget to feel like you're Leonardo DiCaprio on the bow of the Titanic, which might be a more accurate metaphor than you realize. As Jimmy Fallon, host of The Late Show described his movie failures after his successful run on Saturday Night Live, you start thinking you're awesome, when the truth is, you're not. Asterisk burn your dream bright. Pursue it with the best of who you are. But don't confuse hustle with burnout. Hustle fills you up. Burnout empties you. Hustle renews your energy. Burnout drains it. Asterisk some dreamers fail in success because they strive for it, reach for it, yearn for it, aim for it with everything they've got. And when they get a taste of it, they're often woefully unprepared for the challenges that come. Eventually, John Acuff held an I'm clearly quitting meeting. Despite having learned to appreciate the many things it offered and provided. Despite having fallen in like with a job he didn't love, he eventually gave two weeks notice. He wrote it out on a piece of paper and held an I'm clearly quitting meeting because of the following reasons. 1. He had somewhere to land. Your dream might not be another job. It might be a chance to serve in a country you feel called to. You might get a long-term freelance contract that allows you to string together a year of work in the field you really love. When this happens, you have to be honest about whether you have somewhere real to land. Somewhere that will actually support your long-term goals. Sometimes the situation doesn't present itself as an opportunity that will line up perfectly with your dreams. Sometimes it will just be a much higher percent age of dream time than you currently have now. Will the new opportunity offer you a larger percentage of time to focus on your dream? If your current job only offers you weekends, mornings, and evenings to work on your dream, will the new job offer you a lot more time? Could you work for four days in the office and one day on your dream? The percent has to be dramatic because otherwise, the risk isn't worth it. Before quitting your job, stop and ask the question, do I have somewhere to land? 2. The opportunity fit his opportunity filter. Years before quitting his job, John sat down with his wife and discussed the filter they would use to find a dream job. When stuff Christians like .NET took off, they had an inclination that Autotrader.com might not be John's career's final resting place. They both felt it should be at a company where faith was part of the culture, not just something that happened in pockets. He wanted to work in a team environment where he was surrounded by people all day. He also wanted to work at a company where an individual had grown a personal brand successfully and humbly, without getting lost in all the traps that face leaders. One by one, these filter criteria were met, which helped John feel good about the decision to quit. It's important to note that the level of detail you put in your own opportunity filter will vary by item. 3. He had a support network. Dreaming works best as a team sport. In order to grow your dream as fast and as far as it can possibly grow, you need people who will support you every step along the way. They might not be as passionate as you are for your dream. They might not feel the same degree of fire you feel, but you need people who, in a variety of ways, are on your side. Looking at our decision to move to Nashville and join Dave Ramsey, John, and his wife and knew they had that. Dreaming works best when you have people to support you every step along the way. 4. He was stupid rich. Not really. He was ballin' on a budget, sitting on whatever size rims a used Sequoia with a third row seat offers and checking books out of the library. But he had the money to move and jump to a new job that wouldn't initially pay as well as his old one. He could afford to move. 
He could pay to put a new carpet in his Atlanta home to replace the muted green look the lady before chose. He could afford to have the entire interior painted so he could sell the house in the middle of a horrible economy. He could afford the first month's rent and security deposit on a rental house in Nashville. He could afford three months of temporary health insurance while he waited for his 90-day probationary period to be over. Big dreams and big moves become easy when you have your finances in order. 5. God was cool with it. Although God is the wild card and can certainly call you on adventures you can't ignore, John and his wife didn't get any handwriting on the wall. They didn't converse with a burning bush either. No prophetic donkeys crossed their paths as they weighed their decision to leave Atlanta. But through praying and spending a lot of time wrestling with God on this decision, they felt like this jump was where he was calling them. Conclusion Following a dream is not about having fun all the time? John didn't. Doing work you love is not about doing work that is fun all the time or even feels good all the time. Regardless of your dream, there are going to be hard moments. You'll have to do things you don't necessarily enjoy or don't necessarily have an easy time doing. Anyone who tells you otherwise must have access to a magical unicorn named Cornelius, who grants wishes with his tears. Create a risk list before you quit your job. A risk list is exactly what it sounds like, a list of risks. It removes the surprise, which is actually one of the most agonizing parts of facing a risk. A risk list can turn your feeling into a confirmation that you're in the right place at the right time with a dream. That's a huge gift to give yourself. Create a risk list before you quit your job and chase your dream job full time. It will pay significant dividends.